Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Diana Wiley, your host of Love, Lust, and Laughter. Well, after 12 years, and this is 2022, this will be the last show of 2022. And I feel so fortunate because Dr. Carol Queen is my guest. Once again, she was last here the 22nd of November. And um, we're, I'm calling this show Joy and Stress. It's the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And of course, in order to have more joy, we need to manage our stresses better. And let's, let's just... Uh, Talk before we do that. Uh, I think a lot of you know Dr. Carol Queen, and because she's been a guest many times on this show, she has this real terrific platform to focus on sex education and women's pleasure. And her her great book is the Sex and Pleasure Book: Good Vibrations Guide to Great Sex for Everyone. So. Um, Carol is really well informed and has some opinions that she is quite willing to share and and she's wise you've been the staff sexologist for uh since 1990 can you just tell us before we get into um well what i call the psychology from the neck down <laughs> yes <laughs> well yeah, i i began bit. i began working at good vibrations in 1990 and i didn't quite have my degree in sexology yet although um, argument to be made that I was doing sexology there because as soon as I shipped up, they started to give me some responsibilities around education. And, and of course, that's one of the things that made and makes Good Vibrations such a special sex toy company is that Joni Blank, the founder, was completely sure that she wanted people to be able to learn more about toys, about their own arousal, about their own sexuality in general, communication, all the things that add up to having a better sex life. And that became really baked into what we've always done. So it's such an honor to have that that platform and that job. And of course, I do. I, I get around. I do this and that. I go speak. I come talk to you. It's such yeah. a pleasure. But but having that background uh, for the job that I do, it's really such an honor. And you were very good to me. You and Good Vibrations were very good to me when I published my book, Love in the Time of Corona in 2020, and then later came on to speak. And you have others speak, because you Good Vibrations hosts some speakers and you've that's been on hold for a little bit, but you're going back to it in January. Yes. It's been the 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 online part, which we've been doing over Zoom, of course, yes. throughout the pandemic and quarantine. We we set that aside uh because we had a couple of other really big uh, things to focus on, but we're also really trying to figure out, okay, what's the time that it will feel comfortable and safe for us to actually get back together in a room full of people or half full of people perhaps and 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 gather in person. And so that's that's pending. We haven't made a final decision yet, but we are certainly discussing it. and it'll be so it'll be so wonderful to gather again um, with people together talking about sexual things and sex information and sexy stuff. It'll be great. I had to do an errand in downtown Seattle yesterday having to do with a Christmas gift or two. And I was pleasantly surprised how many, People were shopping, and and the, in fact, the retail stores are saying that they haven't seen these kinds of crowds since 2019. So it seems like we're coming back in lots of ways. Uh, of course, COVID's still out there, and and that is one of and the flu. It's a terrible season. For oh, it's everything's flying around. Triple everything's Around. And so please, everyone, stay safe out there. We want to yes. have a we want to have a wonderful holiday season. People are so hungry for that right now. Don't you think, Diana? People really want to gather. So in order yeah. to do that and, you know, make sure that we're doing it right, we want to we want to try to think in terms of our well-being in all kinds of ways, including the masks, including the distancing and all those things. That's exactly right. And um uh, I wanted to talk uh, a little bit with you about the mind-body approach 
to stress because it turns out the body has a big say well in who we are and what we do and how we manage stress i also want to talk about uh self-compassion it's it's better than self-esteem and i'll and we'll explore that a bit because it's uh self-compassion really is a key to a healthier happier life we're going to talk about self-care ideas this is such a important thing isn't it carol to have self-care uh Absolutely. Yes. I mean, we 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 want we want to gather. We want to have we want to have special times over the holidays. Most of us, or at least many of us, but this is also such a stressful time of year. People mm-hmm. who don't have easy relationships with their families of origin or the their their families that they chose when they left their families of origin that can make it harder. There there are just all kinds of things that that we really want to make sure we look at how we're handling all of that because the better we can handle it the more beautiful uh loving times we can have during the holidays and i just think that's i think that's what many people deeply want but not everybody knows how to get there no and so uh i think this whole uh, the research in the neuro uh science of the brain and the body is fascinating and 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 it turns out that psychology is finally uh understanding that the brain is more than a pure thinking machine um because it's locked into an intim- intimate intricate embrace with the body so <laughs> i want to talk a little bit about this and and how important the vagus nerve is because information flows into the brain not only from all of our senses but also from the vagus nerve and it's so fascinating about the vagus nerve um, because it snakes past all our organs and especially the gut and i personally have i don't think it's from not managing stress but i do have some gut problems so i'm really interested in the gut and um uh the vagus nerve offers a pathway really for healing the mind through the body and one of them is deep breathing you know um uh of course yoga and many other ancient uh eastern practices of mindfulness it's a but it's a very simple tool for creating an inner state of calm so with our stresses and especially the holiday stresses do you find that you're able to to do some meditation or some mindfulness or some deep breathing carol yes but sometimes i have to confess that i catch myself realizing i haven't done as much of it as i should have and know that my body and mind are sending sending me signals that i have to step it up right yeah. i think that's very common um i remember when i was was seeing a wonderful therapist back in the 1970s 70s and yes yes my very first experience with a therapist i was i was in my early 20s and um this therapist was a tibetan buddhist and oh. was very very into um the the whole question of our breath mm-hmm. and how our breath um helps us process everything and you know when you talk about the vagus and the and the brain yeah um i th- this year we've heard so much more than we've i think we ever have before yeah, haven't we about yeah about the vagus nerve which it, right. isn't it isn't it um it's original um uh term means wandering it goes all right. over our body right that's and, right wandering and we've been saying for years that orgasm doesn't happen in the genitals it happens in the brain that's right and i think there is going to be more and more that we'll learn about the role of the vagal nerve um as we learn more about what it means for us to 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 really get turned on what it means for us to really um help ourselves with our stress because of course when you're stressy and and things are rough that's not a great space to try to be a sexual or intimate person is it i mean absolutely it's not literally and yeah. and i think we all have to 
keep an eye out for for those things in our lives and see what we can do to to mediate them in all the ways that you're mentioning already. Yeah. Uh, so this it, it it turns out that uh, like most organs, our our lungs are our lungs are on autopilot, but we can take the wheel. And that's where the deep breathing comes in, because if you're doing deep breathing for a minute or so, it recruits the vagus nerve to send an all clear signal to the brain. And this is en route to slowing the heart and relaxing blood vessels and smoothing out our gut contractions. Um, so this is an amazing kind of, when we can do this mindfulness and meditation, it provides an amazing leverage over our inner world. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and absolutely. And, and I think that people often, um, don't understand how much they can actually control these things for themselves. They, if, mm -hmm. It's tuning in to the sensations of your body. It's tuning into the breath. It's tuning into, you know, how you're, you're feeling in terms of calmness or, or absolutely not calmness. It's, it's all important. And I just wish more of us had learned about this earlier in our lives. Well, they you know? didn't, they didn't have the research though. You know, it was the, the functional MRI really started to be used in the 90s. And that's when we began to know, because finally, you know, scientists and doctors could could look at the brain and in detail. So we really started lots more brain research in the 90s. Uh, but it is it is really fascinating. Um, and. I, I love it. I, I want to talk a little bit about um, <laughs> the second brain because I alluded to my own gut problems. Mm -hmm. Of course, my my doctor said, he, of course, he doesn't necessarily believe in diet uh, because he's a medical doctor, but uh, but I do. And but he said there was nothing I could do to prevent this fistula that's in, in my gut right now. And I, I'm going to have to have surgery eventually to get it taken care of, which is a little scary. But, you know, I'd, it's also risky to have have it in there. So sure. in the meantime, I'm in, I'm healthy uh, mentally and I also uh, am much more familiar with the second brain, which is called the gut. And it, it's the home to trillions of microbes. So then the trillions of microbes then combine compose a microbiome and it can it's really amazing what it can do because it can sense and produce neurotransmitters to converse directly with the brain wow so if you have an unbalanced butt gut but <laughs> gut gut no, and maybe gut. butt too maybe butt too <laughs> if you have an unbalanced gut microbiome um and this often happens when we have too much of an American diet, too much fat and too much di uh, quick uh, fast food, yes. because then it produces inflammation, which can lead not only to gut problems, but to depression and anxiety. So, you know, we we need to have more fiber and antioxidant rich diet because it adds now to our psychological toolkit. Our and psychological one of, toolkit. Yes. And yes. one of the things that we are learning more about now is the way that, that the gut microbiome affects our ability to get restful sleep. Yes. One good of point. The things we know if we've been paying attention to uh, wellness and well-being issues is that if you're not getting restful sleep, Mm -hmm. All kinds of things go wrong, including your ability to become aroused, to yeah. you know have that that sense of well-being that comes with our sexual functioning. And you know, I started to have uh, food related, food sensitivity related gut problems when I was perimenopausal, and of uh -huh. course, that's a time in many people's lives 
when um, arousal and sexual functioning gets to be problematic, doesn't happen for everyone, but it it certainly does for many. And I don't think that's I don't think that's a um, something that we should be too surprised to hear. It really made a difference for me looking at what I could and couldn't eat. And of course, as our wonderful friend Heather Corinna says in their mm-hmm. new book, "What Fresh Hell Is This." Paramenopause, uh-huh. menopause, other indignities, and you, my very favorite menopause book of all time. Um, okay. Heather goes into um, what they call the basics. And the basics for someone who is dealing with menopausal changes have to do with all of these things that we've been talking about. Are you eating well? Are you getting enough sleep? Are you, is, you know, is your microbiome being, being, jacked up and feeling uh, as though you can't control what happens to you emotionally and well-being wise. All these things are are important for us to learn more about, I think. And uh, you said something about your doctor isn't really into hearing about um, what you what we eat because they're a medical model person. Yeah, I, that's think, that's, I think that's very common. And I think it's yeah really a shame that these understandings, because how could it not be the case that what we eat affects us and our well-being? Of course it does. Of course it does. And I, you know, when I, I've also seen naturopathic doctor about this. So Mm -hmm. that was some time ago. Um, So you've got to, to gather resources. Of course, I, in my case, I want him to be a very good surgeon. And, and he does have a sense of humor, which is a relief because some surgeons don't. And I have to take the responsibility to to make my diet as good as possible. And I, you know, I'm pretty I'm I'm good about that. And because I, I, you know, I want to. But I do talk with my doctor, all my doctors, my primary care physician, too about how healing I think sex is yes. because as I've mentioned on this program, because I love to brag about it, <laughs> my husband and I have, here we are in our seventies and we've got a very robust sex life and it's just so much fun. And, and it really is healing. I mean, I am feeling despite this problem I've got in my gut, I feel terrific. Um, I've got some bubbles in my urine and eventually that's going to have to stop. But uh, but I know it's because I have a good sex life, yeah, and, and I'm happy, and yeah. I'm I'm managing my stresses through breathing. So let's use that as a segue through breathing and through other things. Um, sometimes we can, if we have embodied cognition and embodied emotion. Uh, we can hold that to use the body as a research, as a resource to understand thoughts of fright to delight. <laughs> now, well said, very yeah. well said, yes. Because if we're overwhelmed with stress, we don't we don't think correctly and we don't have embodied emotion. And um, you can also. You know, I, I tell I tell clients who are totally stressed out, I say, you can you can do this if you just have a, a few minutes. So what you do is you close your eyes and you think of some place that is so stress relieving. And we you know what I'm thinking of? A favorite beach in Hawaii, because I used to oh. live there. It was my first job out of college, for one thing, uh, teaching school there. But if, uh, and listening to the waves come in and feeling the sun on my body, that's a favorite place. So think of your favorite place. Do some breathing. You can if you don't have much time. You can do three, three deep breaths in through your nose. Hold it. Feel your diaphragm lifting and then out through your lips. Do that three times. It can change everything. And then smile, smile, because (laughs) when we, we can, you know, if we're recalling a funny story, we, and we're retrieving memories, 
we smile, but you can force a smile to change the way you react to events or even stored memories. It changes the autonomic nervous system to smile. So smile. Yep. yep. I mean, you can't see me, but I'm smiling. <laughs> so, As am I. You, yeah. you know, and I, I, I think that we, I want to make sure that people know that what we're not saying here is that thing that can be so irritating to some people where somebody's walking down the street and a perfect stranger says, hey, smile, lady, oh, yeah, or something not, like yeah. that. That's different. That's somebody yeah. trying to get in your business and affect the way you're experiencing the world around you when they may not have your best interests at heart. Right. Um, that's not the same thing. But when you are in control of that, I think, mm-hmm. I think that's an, an extremely different situation. And And I love the idea that we would be able to just just try to set ourselves up with a different way of of experiencing um stress well-being all of those things and that it can be so simple to change where we're at it's great yeah so it is great. don't know this i think everyone should know about this it makes such a difference it makes such a difference and I want to uh, go on then, in the interest of time, to the second thing that I wanted to talk about for this program, and that is self-compassion. This is really the key to a healthier, happier life. And it's not self-esteem. And that surprises a lot of people. I see you nodding. You you know this. Yes. Um, you know, a few years ago, there was an analysis of 14 studies And they found that people high in self-compassion were less vulnerable to depression, anxiety, and stress. High in self-compassion. What's the problem with self-esteem, some people ask? Well, we have a highly competitive culture. And it tells us, you know, we've got to be special or at least above average to feel good about ourselves. And so this can, (laughs) this really can lead to a lot of self-criticism. You know, that inner self-critic that is so strong in some people. <laughs> and sometimes so, it, it yeah. leads people into the direction of of just, you know, being a little a little big for their britches. If selfish oh, yes. is what they're going for, you know, that that's that can that can have a narcissistic streak to it. There are there are lots yeah. of ways that that isn't necessarily right. an optimal way to to sort of hold yourself in the world but also the you know the messages we send out to other people that's part of our well-being and self-esteem too right and if we're strutting around full of self-esteem and we're not really we're not not really holding compassion for ourselves that's a mixed message i think we give ourselves it's it's i I agree and i'm so glad you brought up uh narcissism because um you know it it does it 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 contributes to a sense if if it's overinflated the self esteem, it does contribute uh, to a sense of superiority or entitlement. Yeah, and this can feed prejudice and even bullying. So, but so many narcissists have all this sense of entitlement, <laughs> and also the self esteem can be very fragile. You know, it can last only as long as. You see yourself as successful, smart, or attractive, and may evaporate, just completely evaporate when you stumble or you don't like what you see in the mirror. And yeah, that's a whole nother topic. (laughs) But all these these things we're talking about, you know, I I think that it's, it's really worth saying that it doesn't sound off the top like what we're doing is talking about how people carry their sexuality. But of course, think about the way that oh, people yes. interact with others and are they, you know, do they have um, a sense of of just support for themselves and the people around them or do they not? Are they are they throwing their weight around? It's it really is related, just like just like the gut microbiome is related to sex. And people are like, wait, what? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, it's yes. All connected. And I, I love it. I love that 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 gives us a little bit of permission, you know, to get our arms around 
um, how we feel and and what we can learn to do to feel better because so many of us need that, right? And especially at this time of year, because this time of year, there's a lot going on. There's so much going on. So let's talk about how self-compassion Self-compassion is really better than than, uh, self-esteem because self-compassion is is stable and it's very constructive. So because I think when you see yourself clearly, and that means both the positive and the negative traits, then if you see yourself clearly, then you can cope with the setbacks and mistakes that are absolutely inevitable in life and and then you can make the changes that you need to reach your full potential. And by the way, people are often guided better when they have a therapist who can be objective and help them hold their hand in effect as they go through these steps to to enhance their self-compassion. Absolutely. Um, Partly because the therapist is trained to understand Yes. How this all works together, which not everyone is. And that's right. And I I talk with clients about treasuring yourself, you know, because self-compassion means treating yourself the same way you would treat a treasured friend. Oh, so many people don't do that. They treat the friend beautifully, but they treat themselves badly. They think that they need self-criticism to motivate themselves. And some are afraid that if they permit self-compassion, they'll keep making the same mistakes and never improve themselves. You know, that whole idea, I'll get, uh, I'll, I'll just get, uh, I'll get, oh, I can't think of the word. (laughs) That's in my morning (laughs) thing. Complacent, there's the word. Sometimes, complacent, yeah. Yes. And that's, that's not... But but we we find that self-criticism really is not such a good thing. It's not motivating and it makes people feel anxious and incompetent and depressed. So we've got to build our self-compassion and we've got um, we've got to think about gestures of caring. And we're also going to talk about <laughs> a little more about self-care, but let's let's talk about caring you know for others maybe it's a kind word uh a warm embrace and the nice thing about the warm embrace thing is that it triggers the release of oxy oxytocin oh we love oxytocin it promotes feelings of trust and calm and safety so to do this for yourself for yourself you've got to say soothing words to yourself when you're upset you know, you talk to yourself. You know, I know you're feeling bad right now. And I want you to be happy. I'm here to support you in any way I can. It's building self-compassion. And you can only do this after you listen to your self-talk. If you hear harsh tones of self-judgment, quiet your inner critic. And, you know, you could say, I've, I've had little dialogues with clients about this. I know you're trying to make me a better person, but your angry words aren't helping. Please don't be so critical. You're talking to yourself about that. And that can be very powerful in order to build more self-compassion. I think that's absolutely right. And and the, the thing, you know, when when people are stressed out over the holidays, one of the things that is stressy for many folks is the idea that it's a lot of responsibility. It's a lot to take on to find the perfect gift, to find the perfect mm-hmm. gesture for someone that that you love or want to want to please, want to impress, any of the things you know that 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 leads you to want um, to to make the right choice as far as both what you all do together at the holidays, but also what you wrap up and put under a tree if you have wrapping up and putting under trees as part of of how you. Yeah. Uh, do the holidays. Yes, so yeah. I think it's, you know, it at Good Vibrations, it's so common during this time of year. And honestly, Valentine's Day too, it just kind of slides right, oh, yes, right yes. through to Valentine's Day that people will 
people will think there's they're going they're really going to be judged about what it is that they choose. They don't know what their partner wants necessarily. They want to connect back the the fun, the eroticism, the intimacy, and so they think about getting a a toy, but they don't know what to choose. And you know, when people come into Good Vibrations, we ask, "Have you have you and your partner ever talked about what they might enjoy? Do you have you fantasized together about trying something out?" And so, so frequently, the answer is no. We've mm-hmm. never talked about this at all. But now it's almost the holiday, and you, you expert here in this store will tell me what I should get. And it's got so much writing on it, doesn't it? When people especially are trying to, you know, get <laughs> exactly the right thing for their partner or whatever. Yes. And, and and I, over and over and over again, I really have to say to people, you know, if you don't know the intimate desires of your partner, we don't actually know them either. <laughs> well, exactly. How how can you know? Yes, not, and since we don't know them, there. why don't be a mind reader? Yes. So, so I've for I've been saying this for decades. Yeah. Why don't you get a gift certificate or a gift card? Right. And then you can, you know, send your partner off to shop. You can take your partner out to shop, have a beautiful lunch together, be flirty and loving, and then go shop together. And that opens doors for communication that perhaps haven't been open yet. That's great. And it's I think it's just so important for us to understand that we we can do this. And to some degree, we I would even say we have a responsibility to do this yeah, yeah. because if we're going to go into this sort of intimate sex toy zone with a partner, the last thing you want is to freak them out because mm-hmm. you've given them, you know, they, somewhere in the back of your head, you're like, oh, I'm probably too small. I'll get a big dildo. I, you know, we've seen this happen. Yes. Holiday after holiday, that's not probably what your partner wants. If that is what your partner wants, your partner's probably spelled it out already. And it's just important, I think, for us to understand that that we can all do this. It's not it's not something that comes easily to everybody, but we can all learn to communicate more about sex. And I just think it's so important because if it's important to to be able to do that with a partner. Honestly, it's important to be able to 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 turn that energy back on yourself. For to turn it back on yourself, and and also, I think it's good to when when the when the woman or the partner receives it to not. There's no need to worry about what's normal or sexy for other people. This is just about you and your relationship with your body. So I think right. it can be very helpful for the person receiving or thinking about choosing a toy, that's that's what I want to say, is to think about your body and where you prefer to experience pleasure. You know, do you, are you comfortable with penetration? Or do you prefer external stimulation? Do you right. like both simultaneously? To think and, about those things, to have that conversation with whoever buys you the gift certificate and say, okay, but we're going to have the conversation and then to make, make a date of it. Yes. Go into good vibrations or yes. your nearest sex toy store and have some fun they're likely to encounter somebody like you i mean you're you're the head you're the head person they're lucky if they get you because you're not often on the floor anymore but but somebody who works for good vibrations or any of the they're almost always very well educated and very helpful with nervous people first time sex toy buyers that was such an important part of of the the whole idea when we got started. When yeah. Joni Black, who founded Good Vibrations, um, put together the magic uh, that she thought had to had to be present for a store like this, it was it was so important that a person could be welcomed with a, a friendly and comfortable air by the person who who says hello, welcome to Good Vibrations, and doesn't freak them out and doesn't feel as though it's um it's something that you know they can't they can't express um the things they don't aren't sure about or need to know or we must be able to answer people's questions and people yeah. must realize 
both for when they're choosing something for their partner and when they're choosing something for themselves, for their own pleasure. It's okay to have questions. Did any of us go, you know, through um, the, the, the world of sex toy um, sex ed in our school sex ed curriculum? Of course we didn't. That's not part of what we learn. Mm-hmm. So we have to just realize this is something that now, now that I'm an adult, now that I'm looking around at, at this, this intimate set of questions that are things that I don't actually know the answers to all of them, now I can figure out what it is I need to learn. Now I can read a book. Now I can take some classes. Now I can ask the person who is at the store who has had some training what they think about this question. And it's it's just so important. And there's nothing, nothing wrong with it. Full, full self-compassion when somebody is like, I think I don't know enough about this. Bless you for understanding that you have not been well served by your sex education, but it can change now. That and that's so positive. <laughs> it's just yes. I I remember sending an older couple out. This was last year, um, and the, he was experiencing some erectile dysfunction, and um, and they were so impressed with how friendly uh, the the salesperson was and had how knowledgeable because he was looking for a cock ring. I suggested he might do that, and he didn't know anything about it. But the salesperson was so helpful and he got over his embarrassment. And then his his wife, they were both in their 60s, chimed in and thought about what how she might also increase her arousal. Now, a first sex toy is probably probably not going to be the clit sucker. (laughs) But these air, but it is an amazing sex toy. And if if a, a colleague of mine and also a sex therapist hadn't recommended it to me, the the Lilo Cruiser, about three years ago, I would have had no idea. And it's now my favorite toy, and my husband gets involved with it and has learned how to use it. And 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 then sometimes we can do another himself or another toy for penetration while the clitoris is getting sucked up. And it's amazing. It's, yeah. It mimics oral sex a lot. And it has so many possibilities, but some women, but, but my colleague said, be aware, it takes some getting used to. Yeah. And some women have, I mean, we all have different clitorises, different sizes, different ways to respond, right? Sensitivities. Yeah. I mean, I I think it's, it's a very common, so misunderstanding, if that's the right word, that, that Mm -hmm. people will think, oh, this person has a clitoris. I've known people and been with people who have a clitoris. I know how to, I know how to work this body part. I know how it is. And uh, it's great to have some knowledge and think about what you know in a situation like that. But it's not always the case that person A and person B with clitorises like the exact same thing. We must understand that. Not everybody is exactly alike in what they desire and what they respond to. And that's that's part of the whole thing we're talking about too, really, isn't it? Because yeah. we're trying to think about how how to learn the specificity of our own or a partner's um, responses, and if we don't think that's that matters, we miss a lot because it does matter, and it's so great to learn more about it. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's fantastic to have this kind of pleasure. It's really, these toys are part of your sexual toolkit. Yes. Experimenting on your own. I I encourage women to to buy a couple of toys, maybe a a, a starter toy for, (laughs) I was, I'm still seeing her off and on now with her husband, but she happens to be a young medical doctor and she had her first orgasm using the uh the we vibe touch and it kind of the way it's you know how it's designed it kind of can stimulate the labia too as well as the clitoris and those vestibular bulbs under the labia can get more blood filled up which increases the arousal right so you want but i encourage women to set the scene for themselves for masturbation because it's so important um and to read erotica i 
I'm also working with a woman who happens to be from India with an arranged marriage, and she has vaginismus, which is not a, uncommon. And she's finally, she took my advice to read erotica while she's trying to get the uh, small and then a slightly larger sex toy uh, dildo inside of her vagina. And it's helping her relax, reading erotica, learning her body, being alone, paying attention to what feels good, what doesn't feel good. So this information she can transfer to her partner. And her partner will not probably have found another place to get this information themselves, right? Yeah, so so I think right. I think so often when we when we're like, oh, we should we don't we shouldn't speak up about what it is we want. We're gonna we're gonna offend our partner, we're gonna act like we're, you know, all full of ourselves and, and make giving orders to the person. There's no, it's it's a gift to give someone who wants to be in an erotic space with you information about what that looks like for you and what is real and 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 um significant for you that's a, that's a gift <laughs> i just wish people understood this is not something we have to to feel guilty for the opposite is is true it's it's so intimate to be able to say, I learned something about myself. I want to share it with you. It's beautiful. It, it's a beautiful thing, yes. And if you can't communicate in that way with your sexual partner, you're not probably going to have a very good sex life. And maybe you shouldn't even have uh, a merging of bodies if if you can't talk about it. It's uh, to be made that that would be a thing that you should be able to do before you get with sexual yeah. experience yeah just an argument you know, mm -hmm. it's uh and and you simply well this goes back to what we were talking about before carol that uh it, you know you 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 simply can't be a mind reader um it's like going on a treasure hunt without any clues you've, you've simply <laughs> and sometimes two people masturbating mutual masturbation you get to see what your partner is doing with or without a toy maybe starts without and then maybe you add a toy but you can observe and maybe get excited, but it can also be educational. You can see how your partner likes to solo pleasure. You can reach over and find out what the speed is like, what the what the squeeze is like, or the oh, yeah. friction is like, things that might be hard to describe if you're trying to tell someone what you want. But mm -hmm. if you put your hand on them and they put their hand over your hand, oh, that's then a good idea. you learn very specific uh, body-based um, knowledge. And, and that too is such a gift. Such a gift, such a gift. Um, let's talk a little bit more about, well, actually I had a couple more points, but it does fit with this about self-compassion. And, um, and that is to create more self-comfort. Now, the, the segue here is that masturbation can certainly create more self-comfort. It can oh, yeah. even um, it can even help with sleep. Um, my mother, still in her early 90s, she died at 95, asked me for a vibrator to help her sleep. So I gave her one because she she had been three times a widow. And um, so that really helped her. And it made me feel good that she felt open enough to ask me. But I want to talk about self-comfort. So because it's really important to if you to have self-compassion. You have to accept certain painful feelings without denying or fighting against them. So I want people to notice where in your body you experience emotions like sadness and anger. And it could be like a constriction in your throat. That would be maybe sadness or tight muscles in your chest. Maybe that's anger. So it can be really helpful to lie down in a quiet place and do a body scan and, you know, start with the soles of your feet and then slowly move upward. <clears throat> and you are very consciously offering comfort to areas where unpleasant feelings are. And you can put a warm hand on that spot. This is self-care. You can relax tightness in the area by tensing and then releasing the muscle or even saying comforting words. You know, we're again, that inner self-critic can be just horrible. And a lot of times, unfortunately, we get that because we grew up in families that were very critical. In fact, that's, you know, in terms of uh, transactional analysis, which talks about the parent, the adult and the child ego states, 
the in the parent ego stage, we have the critical parent and the nurturing parent. In the adult ego state, like we're in right now, we're in the moment exchanging information. In the child ego state, we're either in our rebellious child, imagine arms crossed in front of your body saying, fuck you, I will not do that. That's the rebellious child or the playful child. That's what we want for sex. So we want the playful child. There's no beginning, middle or end necessarily. We're just playing, you know, with sex. And a lot of times people will drink too much to put the critical parent to sleep so the child can come out to play. The critical parent ego state is the hardest one to get rid of. And so often it comes and it's really deeply ingrained because of our family of origins. So I love the idea of being aware of the critical parent saying, stop it. And letting that inner child come out to play with good sex and fun. Don't you think that's necessary, Carol? I absolutely think it's necessary. I absolutely do. And, and, you know, part of the, part of the thing that's so moving about the, about the, the whole notion of the inner child and so forth, you know, we get, we, we take in messages before we know what they are, before we know what they mean, before yeah. we know that they're going to impact our intimacy and sexuality later on. Um, the parents often don't know any of that either, you know, because if someone hasn't learned well what what it means to, to be um, into your own sexuality and, and having control over it, then... Lord knows all kinds of different ways to um, experience <laughs> those things will, will overcome what you really want to experience, which is is that calm, that that sense of of self compassion, that that intimacy that you can share with another person. It's it's so important for us, and if we didn't get good modeling of those things early on. It's going to take some work to to get to the point where we can have the the, the relationship with ourselves that we need to have. And so I'm really glad you're talking about this. I think it's so important. And in regardless of whether somebody gets you know drunk, remember there was a um, I, I've I've just heard that there's a new book about alcohol and sexuality, and it's the first one in a while. But the oh. one that we used to carry at Good Vibrations had the greatest title. It was called how to make love while conscious. Oh, yeah. Isn't that, doesn't that just, that's just such a yeah. moving title to me. Yes. And, and I, you think that's, I'm going to look it up. I you think, think you'll find, I think you'll, you, you probably find that you can still get it through. Um, what's the publishing company that, um, Rodale? Rodale? Um, no, Rodale it's, no. um, it's the one it's the it's the one that um alcoholics anonymous um hazelden oh hazelden hazelden press and it was first written in the late 80s the early 90s something yeah. like that you know i remember it being at good vibrations a long time ago yeah. but it was so important to me to see that because you know, we know that when somebody is nervous about sexuality, sometimes that's really the the their coping mechanism, isn't it? You know, they 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 do start to drink to get more comfortable, more um, not more conscious necessarily, but they they think they'll be able to do um, a, a way of learning e- each other's. Um, sexuality that 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 may not be actually what they're going to do if they're if they're not fully Fully. open to yeah yeah what it what it means to to be in recovery and all of that I just think I I think anything that is problematic for us in the context of our life it's worth it to us to try to figure out what that is and how we're going to step beyond the limitations that we might find was part of having that be our reality. You know, like my mother was an alcoholic. I know that that affected me my whole life long, still does, I'm sure. And, and I think all of these things, it's just worth asking ourselves, what do we need to learn to get more 
information so that we can be the best people we can be around these things that are so important to us. I mean, there are people who are asexual and who aren't, aren't are aromantic and all those things, but I think most people want intimacy and sexuality and romance to come to, into their life somewhere. And it might not always look the same for everyone, but it's so important to, to really honor that because if we don't want it, then fine. But if we do want it, we don't always learn how it is that we can get it. And, and I'm, I'm just, every time I talk to you, Diana, I hear more about what you're bringing in and bringing up to the people who are working with you and in, um, in these, you know, these Zoom or these office scenarios where you can help people tackle these things. And I want everyone to have access, or at least to know that that's an option for them. I want that for everybody. Well, I Especially want Especially now with the holidays, because yeah. we need that degree of sens- sensibility now. And self-awareness. And that leads us into a perfect conclusion for this show in the last five minutes or so. And I want to talk about self-care a little more. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a checklist. And I've got several things on my spiritual self-care list. <laughs> and um, one of them is be aware of non-material aspects of life. This yeah. is a perfect time to do that. Yes. You know, and kind of combined with uh, have experiences of awe and and take a walk in nature, you know, if you can. It snowed here in Seattle today. I'm not thrilled about that. I'm <laughs> so, but beautiful to look out at it though. It like is. This. It is. I'm looking out my window right now and there's it's very pretty. It stopped snowing, but but um but to be aware of the non-material and what what can you give can you give time or ex- an experience? as a gift, which, mm-hmm. you know, our, our, my family has taken that on. We, we give gifts of experience and um, we don't need more things. Um, <laughs> I think another thing is um, do some, do something nice for someone in secret. And this reminds me of the mitzvah. Um, do you know, uh, doc, do you remember a guy named Dr. Sol Gordon? Yes. He was great. Yes. Yes. And wonderful guy, professor at University of Syracuse. But I back in the 80s, I took a course from him on uh, 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 sex education for adolescents. And I remember him talking. He was on Oprah Winfrey, and this was in the 80s. And he, he was a Jewish and Dr. Saul Gordon. And he talked to Oprah about doing mitzvahs for troubled he was working with troubled teenage girls who oh, that's wonderful. got, you know, themselves pregnant and, and were messing up their lives. Get them to do mitzvahs when they get out of themselves and are helping other people. You do a mitzvah, you do it without any expectation for getting anything back. That makes it very powerful. It's a good deed. It's a good deed, something nice. You do it in secret. Blessing. It is. Right? It's, it's a blessing. That's right. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. And and I've got um I've got, let's see if I want to read it off because here we go. This neuroscientist has a big neuroscience researcher. He reveals four rituals that will make you happier. So I'm just gonna <laughs> sum it up. This was a long article on brain research, what will make you happy. Four things. Ask what am I grateful for? If you do, even if you don't have any answers, it doesn't matter. Just searching helps. But it's really important. Ask, what am I grateful for? Do that. Label those negative emotions. When you give it a name, your brain isn't so bothered by it. So you've got to label the negative emotions. The fourth point is to decide. Go for good enough instead of the best decision even ever made on earth. Decide. You know, we're... It's it's going to be okay. It doesn't have to be the best decision. And the last point is hugs, hugs, hugs. Don't oh, text. God. Don't text. Touch. Of course, you have to again. You have to be do it with the right ap- appropriate person. Otherwise, right. 
But that's really important for for managing your stress and making you happier. Gratitude, labeling the negative emotions, going for good enough. Doesn't make you complacent and it gets you unstuck. Okay, I'm gonna make I'm gonna do this. And hugs, hugs, hugs. Don't so any feedback on that? I think minute. <laughs> I, I want to remind people that not everybody is ready for hugs. You can always ask That's if somebody true. wants a hug. That's have, making a space of consent for touch like that is always a good idea. Always a good idea. And it's one way that you learn how to be directly communicative. It's not mm -hmm. even sexually explicit, but you can learn how to ask and hear what somebody says. It's good to do. Yeah, it's it's very good to do. Um, and 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 the, the, we know there's a lot of research to show that thinking about your blessings, to think about gratitude, is so important. What you're what you're grateful for, it just uh, it. And as I said, the 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 brain researcher found it's hard for some people. They're in the midst of so much pain, psychic pain, maybe physical pain, that they can't think what they're grateful for. Yeah, yeah, and that's. Ask for help. That's another self-care. Ask for help. Absolutely. Uh, and avoid toxic people. <laughs> That's a big at the least put a put a put a corral around them. You know, sometimes you you yeah. can't completely cut toxic people out of your lives. Maybe it's not time to, you know, throw a relative to the curb or something like that. That might not be what's um what's right for you but you can always understand what your boundaries need to be with them you can always express those you can always try to make sure that they understand that you all are doing a dance aren't you you know you're 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 maybe not a the kind of dance we do when we go out to to shake our ass but we're doing a dance with another person and their energy and their boundaries and their desires so let's Let's take that seriously as well. I love that thought. It's a good final thought. I'm going to just add on to it that uh, relationships, marriages even, are based on com uh, compassion and boundaries. Yes. You know, we got to set up, well, let's put boundaries first. Yeah. Got to set up our boundaries and be clear about them and then um, have compassion. Wonderful. And I wish you such happy holidays I and with comfort and joy. And you're going to have them with your partner, Robert. I, I know you will. I mean, you might not be feeling 100% right now. Carol's a real trooper, guys. She's not feeling 100%, but would you know it? No, she did this show with her usual level of art, being articulate. And, and as she has so much EQ as well as IQ. So it's always great to have you. Thank you, Diana. I really want I I want uh, I want to step up when we are talking about such a wonderful and important things. I just always want to step up when we're doing this. It's it's such it's a great to have great discussions with you. And folks should remember that um, that you can get gift cards. Remember, that's what I recommend. If you don't know what your person wants, you can get gift cards online and have it be sent to the email of the person that is your, your giftee. So you can do that right up until the, the last minute. And um, and that's true for good vibrations. Yeah. And, tell, and uh, Bayland too, our that. friends at Bayland, which are Bayland, right down the street yeah. from you in Seattle. That's right. And honestly, I just want to make sure that people know that if you don't get everything already and organized by, you know, whatever holiday it is that you're celebrating, we're just going to slide right into the new year and slide right toward Valentine's Day. Yeah. It's never too late. So let's yeah. think about these things, not just as winter holiday things to to uh, wrap our arms around, but just to be able to um, have more awareness all the time. Which leads to more joy and less stress to wrap this up. <laughs> so, I think we did it. We put a bow on it. Yay. Thank you, Carol. Once again, just, oh, I just love having you on this program. You bring so much. And I thank you for 
We, we talk well together, let's face it. <laughs> I think we do, yes. And we'll have, who knows what's going to happen in 2023. I'm sure we'll check back in oh, yes. and, uh, and talk about those things, whatever those things are as they yeah. start to happen. So and be- Carol is the, the best person to talk about this because she is a cultural sexologist, politically and socially. Thank you very much, Carol, for this program. Wishing you lots of blessings. And right back at you and all your listeners. Thank you, everyone. And all you listeners, too. All you listeners, too. Many blessings over the holidays. And may you find more joy and less and experience less stress. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>